Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everyone. It seems insane that a statement like this is needed, but we know that we're coming back on the air after a pretty insane start to 2021. So we wanted to add at least a few words before this week's episode. Like all of you, we watched the attempted coup on our nation's capital in horror, especially when seeing Confederate flags and neo-Nazis breaching the seats of our democracy. As queer people, this is unthinkable. And the fact that this was supported and incited at the highest level of our government heightens the fears that so many queer Americans live with day in and day out. We hope that you all know that we remain committed to providing a safe escape for all of you and that we hope you all remain safe while tensions are high. We love you all and we have hope that despite a long and enduring history of failing so many minority groups, our country can be better than this. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast where sticks and stones may break my bones, but chicks and <laughs> whips it. excite me. You had to know it was coming, come Ellie. On, what what else could it. I possibly I do for this? <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, and you know I'm singing the Pitch Perfect rendition, of course, too, yes, right? Yes, like, of course, you, of course. You know. I heard it. You I know. heard the whole arrangement in my brain. <laughs> yes. Na, did you, na, 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 I'm like, sorry to, to start this before the intro, but did you know I did a mashup of SNM and Give Me More by Britney Spears as an acapella song? It was Why have we never done it together? Amazing. We'll do it. <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. We are so excited because our next Les Essentials watch party is going to be happening on January 23rd for Teenage Bounty Hunters. You all know we love it. We are so excited because we have a very special guest for our Teenage Bounty Hunters Les Essentials <laughs> that Lee has been teasing everyone about on our social medias. But we are going to let you all in on a little secret. We are going to be talking to Maddie Phillips. So get ready for that. It's going to be great. And so if you want to experience the joy that is watching Teenage Bounty Hunters with us, you can head to our Patreon at bit.ly slash Patreon to hang out with us for a little watch party. It's going to be a great time. We also, look, we are we are back. We had a couple weeks to regroup. Many of you know we've been pretty busy through a lot of the fall and the early winter, getting things pulled together for the musical that we're working on still. And we're super excited now to hit the ground running in 2021 and get some trivias back up and running. We so have we missed are you excited. all. Oh, so excited to announce some of our upcoming trivia dates. We are going to be starting with a 2020 year-end wrap-up trivia at the end of the month. So we are going to be having two times. It's the same questions, so only come to one. But we're uh, we're doing two different days and times so that people can make it. We know we have a lot of European and or other country fans and listeners who want to come play trivia with us. So we're trying to make it a little easier this year for people to attend and ha- not have it be 3 a.m. So... Our 2020 trivia is going to be happening on January 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, And we're also going to be having another round of those same question sets happening on January 30th, which is a Saturday. That will be at 3 p.m. Eastern or 12 p.m. Pacific or various less ungodly hours for anyone in other parts of the world. So if one of those works, we cannot wait to see you there. We're super excited. We are also excited. We're going to be doing more TV show trivia, and we had such a blast at our last She-Ra trivia. We have to do another one. So She-Ra trivia will be happening again in February. Completely new question set from the first time. However, they will still be the same questions on both of these dates. February 18th 
8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and February 20th, 3 p.m. Eastern, and 12 p.m. Pacific. Come hang out with us. We had such a great time at our last year. We cannot wait to see you at more trivia. Ah, we've missed trivia so much. Other things that we need to talk about. So look, you know, Ellie and I, we're doing our best to just keep up to date on all the queer media. You know, we're obsessed with Teenage Bounty Hunters. Here's our other new obsession. Let's talk about the wilds. I, I am, I'm obsessed. It's so good. Uh, Plus it has already been renewed for a second season. (coughs) Cough cough looking at you netflix so we know we're getting more and if you have not watched it yet not only does it feature a great queer storyline also we know at least two of the actresses mia who plays shelby Shelby, in the show and shannon barry who plays dot are both uh openly queer and it is just a delight i love all of them um i'm just i'm obsessed Watch the wilds. Also, I just like, I love the time period that we live in right now where it's just like, I mean, it didn't take that long, right? It was like the show came out, they're in the public eye and, and Shannon tweeted, by the way, I'm queer. Thank God. Like, and Mia just tweets a picture of her kissing another woman saying love of my life. So I just love social, I love social media. I love the fact that these actors can feel so comfortable being open and out because of course we welcome them with open arms but it just it makes me really happy to see that that's they are the case. so super cash about it yeah. and i am just i it's, adore it's it. great also um, mia hit us up we want to have you on the show <laughs> please please come talk to us other news that we want to talk about we just want to give a shout out this one i love because as someone who has been a huge eddie Izzard fan since i was in high school i am just very excited for anyone who doesn't know eddie Izzard, uh she's a great comedian very very funny you should go back and rewatch everything she's ever done she has kind of always been very gender fluid and gender presentation fluid as well and recently came out and asked for exclusively female pronouns which i just think is great so happy for her and and so happy that she's sort of sharing sharing more with everyone else about where she's at in her journey um so love it love it Izzard. great great comedy also um as i'm saying i love social media i also hate social media there was an article published that somebody shared with us on our discord so thank you for sharing with us but also ridiculous that uh, the title said portrait of a lady on fire is about a beautiful friendship dead just just friendship you know what this feels like to me is what's that scene in Parks and Rec where he's the he plays the guy who comes over from like Venezuela. I think, oh, yeah. yeah and he's you. just like jail straight to jail. Like you call Portrait of a Lady on Fire friendship jail straight to jail. No question. Jail straight to jail. <laughs> Honestly agreed. It's so like our it's just crazy. I'm like, who would have thought that like we'd have to argue a movie that has a literal lesbian sex scene? Mm-hmm. As written, directed by a lesbian, starring a lesbian with a lesbian storyline, and you're still going to call them friends. What is what is what wrong with is you? wrong with the world? So we're going to be releasing a should have been gay on Portrait of Lady on Fire <laughs> next week. Um, so get ready for that. <laughs> uh, what straight nonsense is this? <laughs> and that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 10 of season four. I'll kink to that. And we have a special guest with us here tonight. We are joined by Mistress Justine Cross, who is a Los Angeles and virtually based dominatrix, dungeon owner, and BDSM and kink educator. Justine, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was like so long ago that we met and here we are. (laughs) Finally, and it will be so long from now until this episode's actually out. (laughs) But we will. We're going to do this. We are so excited to have you here. We met you at Squad Fest and you were teaching a class all about consent and boundaries. And so we wanted to have you on to talk about consent and boundaries through BDSM. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great episode. So important. Yes. It's going to be like a whole new topic for us, too, because I feel like Ellie and I are going to be learning. Yes, we're definitely going to be learning (laughs) a lot. So we're excited. 
So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into BDSM education? Yeah, well, you know, I've been a professional dom for over 10 years. And then people just kept asking me to do classes and I was sort of reluctant to do it. But I had, you know, at the time of pre-COVID, I had the spaces. So I figured, okay, well, let's start. And I actually did mostly my classes, not in my dungeon. I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I started doing my classes at college, at UCLA, at the sororities, you know, that's where it, you know, we need it the most. Well, really, we need it at the fraternities. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is a lesbian show. So I got to tell you, the sororities, they were they were quite lovely. So anyway, um, so <laughs> yes. I just started doing classes like that, sort of in conjunction with like Take Back the Night weeks and stuff like that. So then I started uh, branching out and doing more education and doing that in my uh, dungeons. And now, of course, uh, doing everything virtually and branching off also into like sex worker education and just doing different classes and then also having guest instructors come on and, and teach through my platform. And, and that's been really lovely through quarantine classes lend themselves really easily to the virtual realm. So that is so cool. So you've said a lot of things just in those sentences. Can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's great. It's great. We need like a glossary that goes along with this episode. Yes, right? that's actually a good idea. Why don't you give our listeners some general BDSM language ways to understand how we're going to talk about kink? Okay. Yeah. BDSM has a very specific vocabulary. Well, just BDSM, the acronym, um, what that stands for. You'll see a lot of things floating around, but basically bondage, dominance, discipline, um, (laughs) sadism, masochism, bondage would be anything, you know, the act of being tied up, restrained in any way, dominance, anything where you're exerting power over someone, discipline, anything where you're going to be, you know, reprimanding someone, stand in the corner, there's, you know, a consequence to your actions, stuff like that. Sadism is just the act of deriving pleasure from inflicting pain upon someone. And masochism would be, you know, deriving pleasure from receiving that pain. I'm a sadist. So, um, yeah, we'll keep that in mind moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you play multiple roles when you are in sort of these BDSM scenarios or you're pretty much only in the dominant role? I am always the dominant. I very strongly identify as, and also some people will identify with a very specific kind of role or type within that role. I use all of the top dominant ones. So I'll say I'm a dominant, I'm a mistress, I'm a sadist. I don't switch would be, which would be like, you know, going between top and bottom, or, you know, dom or sub. And I definitely don't submit. So good to know. Mm-hmm. So you said you were a professional dominatrix too before you started. So how did you even get into being a professional dominatrix? Uh, well, I have a liberal arts education, so there's not a lot to do <laughs> with that. Um, so yeah, I have degrees in literature and psychology. Uh, so after I graduated and um, I moved out to California, I'm originally from the East Coast. I came out here. I knew a couple of friends who had done it professionally. I just Googled Los Angeles and Dungeon, started working there as an extra kind of part-time job. Los Angeles is very expensive. Um, so I, I started doing that. And then it just kind of grew from there. I was doing it part-time and then I kept getting laid off. I was here through the recession and I just decided to do it full-time. As I was doing it full-time, I realized, oh, wow, fuck, this is a lot of fun. I'm making a lot of money. I don't have to deal with like office people. So, um, so I just kept doing it and, and having a really wonderful time and, and growing my client base and, you know, growing everything. And then realizing I needed my own space. That's how I became a dungeon owner that space uh, was very popular and very booked. So then I didn't have a space to use for my own sessions. So then I got another dungeon. Um, the first one was Dungeon <laughs> East. Uh, sorry, the first one was Dungeon West. The first, uh, second one was Dungeon East. So then, you know, I sort of was operating three businesses concurrently. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, um, I did just close Dungeon West in mid-October, I should say. Mixed feelings, of course, but, you know, I... I really couldn't have asked for anything more of that space. I don't think anyone else accomplished what I did in that like amount of time. So I love it. You are like a crazy entrepreneur. It's so impressive. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, the, it's you. also the growth of your business. It's so cool. But it's also great because like, I mean, we have a decent number of listeners who are like college age or like just out of college too. So I love that we're just like presenting all of the possible job opportunities that are out there. It's great. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to right. you know, make your it's own like, career. It's pretty awesome, actually. Well, isn't that so much of what like millennials or like what's like 
after millennials. Zillennials are like everyone's yeah, very Z. entrepreneurial. Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, because what what could we have possibly done with this economy that's been so fucked, you know? Um, uh, yeah, sex work is definitely a, a good option and, and virtual sex work tends to be pretty much entirely legal. So yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and that's that's where you have, I feel like Zoomers have really latched on to like the OnlyFans kind of space and, and that whole thing. So I don't think it's uh, a lot of accountants you know, not on their radar. Yeah. A yeah. lot of accountants. <laughs> yeah. Are you on are you on TikTok uh, at all, Justine? Uh, you know, I've made an account, um, but I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. Um, you know, it's sort of a lot of I've known about it, obviously, for years, but it, it's like usually like younger, like audience. So I haven't really noticed that that would like do well for me. But I have like other uh sex workers and educators that are on it and they apparently are doing well, but I just yeah. move. So I like. I just had to, you know, say goodbye to like one dungeon and yeah. I moved into a new space. So I'm like, I'm not ready for TikTok, but now I'm in my new space. <laughs> and I'm like, I am going to start the TikTok now. I am going to be yes. up on that. Well, so, yeah. you, you should. should. Are you, you on I it? mean, Ellie and I are yes. both obsessed. And one of the things you'll find um, pretty quickly, I think if you jump into TikTok, is there's a very common like um, audio and trend that goes with the audio of people saying like, you know, oh, it's kind of like, how do you explain to your family like how you're buying all this new stuff, uh, you know, during a pandemic, like when it's all from your OnlyFans account? And the audio that goes with it is basically a song about just like telling people that you're an accountant. And so they're like, what do you do? I'm an accountant. Where do you work? At a place where accountants work. And it's like, <laughs> and the whole audio is like, nobody asks you what you do when you say you're, you're an, accountant. an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> that's really Lots good. Lots of accountants on TikTok is what we're saying. Oh, that's funny. Well, I, you know, I actually have a really good relationship with my family that they actually do know what I do. So I'm glad that I don't have to be in the closet. But when I was on, I was on a very fancy trip with a client that I've known for many years. And we were on, this was so absolutely bougie and ridiculous, but we were on this like wine tour of Bordeaux and we were in like the fanciest of places that like no one gets to go to, but we got to go to. And people were asking me what I did. And, and I, I came up with the best excuse, which is like, you know, I'm just on vacation. I'm such a workaholic. And my therapist and I agreed that I shouldn't talk too much about work. And then I changed yeah. the subject. And my client was like, that was some good bullshit. That's <laughs> like, amazing. Know, right? That is so, amazing. Yeah. Because um, everyone's like, oh, okay, your therapist said, you know, and yeah. it's like, no one wants to talk about work anyway. Or like, you know, I'll usually <laughs> say something like, I'm really good at telling people what to do. And if they listen to me, they do a lot better in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is You're incredible. I am a consultant, though. I really am. Yeah. I mean, actually, actually like a, a weird, surprising side gig that's come out of quarantine is that I'm doing a lot more consulting for both like um, sex workers and vanilla businesses because they're like, oh, you're doing a really good job. I'm like, okay, well, it's really easy. I'll just tell you what to do. That's the easy part. You have to do it, though. You know? Yeah. That's that's the harder part. Um, but, you know, sometimes not. So um, I've been enjoying that actually a lot. So that's really cool. So you mentioned you said you kind of had to be like in the closet. And I feel like we should touch on this kind of before we like dive into a lot of stuff today, because I am I'm curious. I feel like my sense as someone who's not like in the BDSM community or like, you know, I feel like queer people. It seems like we have a general awareness of like BDSM as a world, like, you know, the the kink community as a thing. And I feel like there's this weird balance that that and I don't know if this is just from the point of view of like someone outside of it but it seems like there's this sort of awareness and like general kind of like chill acceptance of it within queer spaces but also that externally there's this desire to like distance queer communities as just like only being about like kinky play and BDSM stuff I'm curious like what is that sense from within the community like where do you think that fits in queer spaces what is the you know like what does that feel like from not my perspective I guess I mean I guess it's hard for me to say because most of my friends are into BDSM or are queer um and a very small percentage um might not be into those things but they're so like an incredible ally that I just consider them queer. I'm like, yeah, you're not, are you straight? Okay, whatever. Or, you know, (laughs) something like that. You know, I had like my oldest friends like that I've known since high school come to my dungeon and they're like, oh, beat up my husband. 
but do it, do it like you would do this late, do it to him, do it to him. I'm like, I can't, he's like my brother. Ah. So, um, it's hard for me to say, cause I'm like, so in, I'm in the water, I'm in the fish water, you know, whatever. Right. So it's like, um, you know, so many of my friends, um, that are, I I'm trying to think of like almost all my queer friends, like have been to the dungeon, you know, um, at some point, you know, if I've been to my, you know, my parties and things like that. So, I feel like I know all my, all my queer friends are just kinky. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Have you been to a dungeon? (laughs) Unfortunately, no. No, but but that's what I feel like I'm getting at is like, no, but I would be like, that'd be so cool to like go and see and like, see what it is and see what you do. And like, I don't know. I feel like I would expect most queer people I know to like be totally up for it. And I feel like I wouldn't necessarily like my gut instinct is I feel like there would be more of like a. Oh, I don't know. From like straight people I know, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just yeah, it's my projecting onto them. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that it's like I, I think that there's sort of like a built-in safety assumed in queer spaces where, like, when I was holding queer events, I definitely saw a lot of single people come and a lot of single female body people come. But because okay, so I I throw or through, I will throw again, um, two parties. One was called, is called BDS. We're not doing past tense. I will rise. <laughs> yes, you will. Again, okay? yes, you will. So <laughs> are yes. going to throw. Yes. yes. <laughs> the parties that I throw, um, cause we're, we're, I'm going to try to do it virtually. We haven't quite figured it out. But anyway, okay. So BDS femme is an all women's play party, but you didn't have to be queer to be there. You just had to identify as a cis or trans woman. And then deviant was an all gender is an all gender queer play party. So, I'm not really getting like a huge sample here because some, you know, women who identified as straight came to BDS fam, but they always brought a buddy. Um, but I, I see a, a ton of single people coming to both events. And I think there's like safety because it's like, if you go to like a straight event, not that we really go to them, but like, you know, we hear the tales from our cousins, you know, you don't ever go alone. You always like have a buddy with you. You have like a wingman or it's, it's just because like, unfortunately the majority of like cis men are predators and they're scary. And so you're not going to do that kind of thing um, as much, I feel like. So but I mean, like I said, like, it's really hard for me to tell because like all my friends are just like, yeah, fuck, let's do knife play. You know? like, so I don't know. Like, I don't have anyone who's going to like punk out on me. They're like, let's do it. You know, they're not like, yeah. and, and yep. again, even my like straight, not kinky friends, they're like, oh, we'll totally come with you. Cool. What, oh, we're dressing up now. Like, awesome. You know, so. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think maybe a different question would be, why do you think that like the kink community and the queer community are so closely related? Well, I think it's, you know, you're talking about a deviation from the norm and, you know, there's that from main society and, you know, you can be in queer kinky spaces and you can be in kinky straight spaces. Obviously the queer kinky spaces have better parties, but, um, <laughs> you know, you're having, um, you can form groups within that. Like, like what are straight groups, sororities, fraternities, like, um, something else like you, but in like a queer what are those parties where they try to sell you like uh, Tupperware, those things, oh, oh, like a yeah. very, you know, straight spaces. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that's like, you know, what, what is this? Or it's like, if you're in a certain um, like socioeconomic status, like you're just going to go to like the Hamptons and like your friend set is going to be there. And if you go to DC, your friend set is going to be there. But like, straight, it's just like this big blob. So it's like, there's so much more subsets within it. It's like, you know, there's also just, so then you're, you're finding people who are really, really like-minded for your specific kink and your specific sexual orientation. Um, you know, there's like gay, like puppy parties and stuff. That's very specific, but all those people that are there are probably going to be you know, into the things that you're into, you know, and you're going to find more connection, um, whether it's within that kink or just like other things, like people at my parties would find friends of like-mindedness and be like, oh, let's go hiking. Cause you know, lesbians, you know, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so <laughs> like, let's go. And you know, uh, that kind of thing, you're going to find more people in, in common with each other, uh, you know, more things in common with each other, I think. So no, I totally get that. Cause that's like, you know, the same way that I think 
Like, it's something that's always made me laugh because there's this common sentiment, I think, expressed, like, by queer people across the board where it's like, you know, being gay is, like, the least interesting thing about me. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I also have a podcast devoted entirely just to being gay. Um, So so it's like, you kind of get that sense of you're like, it's not, like, the only thing or necessarily, like, the most interesting thing about me, but it is, like, a source of kind of immediate connection and that's yeah. what like that's why we have the podcast you know yeah. because there is something that that kind of ties you together with those people uh and and i feel like that feels very familiar in what you're what you just described what a cute pun ties them together <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh i walked oh, into yes. it i did that <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm so curious about your parties can you give us like a rundown of like what's the agenda for a typical party that I have to clean up my chair because I just got wet thinking about how awesome these parties are. <laughs> I'm like, I just cleaned this thing. I, you know, yes. um, I, I am tooting my own horn, but it is, it is well-deserved. These parties were so wonderful. And I, I, I tear up a little, or is that eyelash glue thinking about them? Um, because, you know, people would tell me the agenda. Okay. So the way that I set up my parties is a little different from how other people did. And the way that I would set it up is um, I was the host and then I would hire like two to three other people and we'd set up little stations for people. Um, so there'd be like boot blacking, spanking, rope bondage, electro play, you know, something like that, kind of like very easy. So you could have guaranteed play with that person. I mean, you'd still have to negotiate the scenes. You'd have to talk about what you were going to do with each other, but everyone would have a sort of a guaranteed safe space and person to do something with and just kind of talk to people. So I would do that. And then it would sort of uh, evolve or devolve from there and people could play everywhere in the space. There'd be rules posted on what you could and couldn't do. Those would also be sent to you. Everyone there also was a a dungeon monitor. So you're just making sure everyone's playing safely and everyone's okay. Uh, So that was just sort of like the safety thing. So it made it very nice for people because there was like constant mixers of people going and talking to each other. And like, they know that, oh, if I want a spanking, if I'm too shy to ask someone I don't know, I can ask like this person who's hired here to spank me, or maybe I don't want to spank me, but I just know that I can talk to them because they're like here as like a co-host. So that worked really well. And it gave people a lot of really good positive experiences and just like something to get like the party started. You know, the, my parties, you, uh, you could have sex, you could be naked, obviously no photos or videos or anything like that inside. And, you know, We'd have like cute drinks and cupcakes and stuff like that. So, you know, people have really good times. So I love it. It sounds like a blast. I can't wait for the for the uh, parties to continue. They will continue. Yeah. Next year, hopefully. <laughs> they will. Well, they in will. person. We we're hopes. trying to figure out an um a virtual have you have you both been to any virtual events that you've really enjoyed? We have been to virtual events. We have yeah, I think um I mean we've we've hosted some ourselves, we've been to others that other people have hosted. And I think, you know, it's, they're just, they're all different. Like, that's the thing. I mean, they're, they're different platforms, different groups, different, like, you know, focused, uh, like what the focus of the event is and things like that. So I think there are probably ways to do it, but yeah, I'd imagine it's, it's probably, you know, the challenge of migrating any event into a virtual space. It's, there's just always going to be something that you run into that's like not not quite the same, you know? Yeah, of course. And I, I think that's, and I haven't done it because I've been really busy. And I've been doing a lot of other things. You know, no one's been like, wow, Justine, you've really been slacking. Um, I put together an entire like LA King Pride event at the last second with, you know, nothing Amazing. but like a prayer and like, a, you know, a rainbow fart, you know? And so <laughs> like, whatever. But, you know, uh, I think what I would hear time and time again with doing BDSM and co-hosting Deviant is that people would come and they'd say, wow, this is my safe space, like a safe physical space, because you'd see people sort of like take on or put on different clothing, like inside and then have to kind of like when they went, I remember I watched someone change into their outside clothes and they totally were like gender, queer, fairy, glitter inside. And then when they were going, leaving, they like, like butched it up, made it straight, like took all that away. And I was like, wow, this is like really a, this is what it's like for people. Um, you know, so virtual, it's like, I, I think you you still have that, but people aren't always in um, spaces where they can uh, be the way they want to be in their, even in their virtual realm. You know, if you don't have like a spare room or like, you know, that kind of thing, it's a little difficult. So I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it's definitely space dependent, but we, we talked to Madison Ecker from some of us um, 
because she's done a lot of virtual events. And they did like a, like they were going to do a, a swimming kind of thing live. And what they did was they did like um, bathtubs instead. So everyone mm-hmm. was like swimming in their bathtubs and mm-hmm. being interactive. So I feel like if you put it together and the intention is there, mm-hmm. people are going to, if they can find a safe space, people are going to be very mm-hmm. happy to participate. Yeah. I mean, it's just different. I, I, you know, actually I'm going later today and I'll send you the Zoom link if you want. I go to Jumbo's clown room, but it's online. So it's cyber clown girls and it's a virtual strip club. And I enjoy the fuck out of it. And, you know, it's everyone from Los Angeles and they're all like, you know, Cal arts grads. So it's like, we're just watching mini films all night, you know, shorts and it's like fantastic. And I love it. I think it's great. Me and my cat watch it every week. You know, my girlfriend doesn't always come, but like not because she's anti-strip club or anything, but she's just like, I don't know, doing Oculus Quest or something. So it's just like me and my cat, you know? (laughs) I love it. Send a link. (laughs) I will. will. (laughs) It's also, the thing that I think makes a successful virtual event that we've seen is finding the parts that translate without the physical shared space aspect of it, you know? And I feel like actually it, I don't know, maybe it sounds counterintuitive because I feel like, you know, you listen to you describe a party where you're like, you can have sex and get spanked and there's all this stuff. And then you're like, well, how do you do that without physical interaction with other people? But I also feel like a lot of it sounds like it would be a very, there's a lot of mental component to that. And I think like that piece you can, you know, focus on and translate that into a virtual space. And as long as people know that that's the expectation, I think that would probably be pretty successful as well, you know? Yeah, I just haven't been to any like BDSM virtual events. They've had them. I think they're just going to be mostly performative. So it's mm-hmm. like I'd have to hire people uh, to do certain performative things like but like for one song, you know, and like people in BDSM, they want to like fucking do shit for 45 minutes. So it's like, okay, I'll get the party started. We'll do a spotlight off you, whatever. And people can click around something like that. So, um, I don't know, but maybe by the time people hear this, like I'll be like three parties in. Yes. I, <laughs> yes, I hope so. Um, let's talk a little bit about, cause Lee was talking when we went, we went to the weekend soiree, which was this like queer festival in new Orleans. And we sat in on this class and they were talking a lot about scenes. Can you talk a little bit about scenes and what they are mm-hmm. in BDSM? Yeah. So again, back to what I was saying earlier about uh, BDSM, you know, having a very specific language. So a scene would be whenever you're doing, doing the BDSM with someone that is called a scene. So there's generally a very specific beginning, you know, middle an end. Um, you know, if, if it's with me, it's, you know, how much time you've paid for, um, you know, other people, it's like however long you want it, you know, to be agreed upon time. And this is, um, something that's really wonderful about BDSM is that you're really very specifically talking about what you're going to do before that starts, what you're going to do during and what you're going to do after. And I have yet to find a huge number of people who do this with vanilla sex, meaning anything with, you know, having sex without BDSM. Um, and I actually just developed a new class about how to have better sex using everything we know about BDSM, but not picking up a single whip. So, but again, it's talking about, um, you know, that negotiation in terms of what you're going to do during that interaction and being very specific about what you want, what you don't want and, you know, what you, how much money you're going to have. I love that. I feel like that's a really good segue into a big thing that we wanted to talk about with this episode, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is talking about boundaries. I think sometimes people think about BDSM and they're like, you know, it feels out of control maybe to them if they're not in the scene, but there's clearly set boundaries, almost Mm -hmm. better boundaries, I would venture to say, than most relationships have. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. In the good BDSM, there are very good boundaries. Um, So another wonderful thing about BDSM is just the boundaries. So you're going to talk to your partner or partners about, again, things that you want to do, things that you don't want to do. You know, you're using a safe word, which is a call to stop the action or something to pause the action. Um, You're going to talk about what will happen if boundaries are crossed, triggers come up, things like this. So I hope this is something people are actually doing a lot more during this time of quarantine. I think people are understanding their boundaries a lot more. Um, and certainly I hope it's something people are talking about just in terms of, um, you know, I think I was joking with all my friends in like queer and poly and kink circles, 
we have very good boundaries because we're constantly talking about them and we're constantly negotiating them. And now I hope people are having conversations like, okay, well, when did you get tested? Wait, I don't want to be close to you. I can only do a virtual meetup. I don't want to see you. And then, you know, because we're sort of all forced into this separation, which has obviously been hard for many reasons, I hope it's been very beneficial to people because I think they're realizing how much um, people they hang out with suck. And they're like, oh God, yeah, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Oh, really easy. I can just say, oh yeah, well the COVID. Oh, okay, wait. Oh, that's great. And it's like a very easy boundary to uh, respect. Hope, Yeah, hopefully it's an easy boundary boundary to respect. And I think you're, the, the point you're making too is if people can't respect that boundary, then also you need to set a boundary that they are not part of your life. Yeah, it's very true. And it's like, you know, I always tell people, um, you know, I did a really, well, I did a really good job of setting really great boundaries for myself and people around me a really long time ago. So I have a lot of time on my hands, like, because there's just like no bullshit here. And, you know, I always tell people like, once you start setting down boundaries, people are going to flip their shit and then they flip their shit and then it's kind of over. It's fine. Um, but what was it? It was like, there, there was a really funny line on transparent, which is sometimes a very problematic show, but it was like, I was taking Taro's line. She's like, I'm sorry if my boundary is your trigger, you know, is people just like flip out and, you know, but set boundaries. Trust me. It's, it's good times. <laughs> but even, even within that, I think it also captures another big thing about what you were just saying and what, what you just said, Ellie too, which is that I also think that that sense of, you know, like, oh, it's out of control and it's dangerous and, you know, all that stuff that it's like, I feel like as with any space that um, somewhere where you have to have a language to have agreed upon boundaries, like it's just guaranteeing that people have like a better understanding and a better framework, you know, because I just think you can't talk about these things if you don't understand them. You can't set a boundary up in words if you don't know how to convey it to another person, you know? And I think that like, that's such an important thing that is probably overlooked in like your vanilla relationships and and like you know just so many other sexual encounters um that i think people run into where if you've never had to explain your boundaries if you've never had to like think about what what would be a trigger or think about what would turn you on like how could you possibly tell someone else <laughs> you know yeah Indeed. And that's why it's step one when I tell people when they start thinking about what they want to do with BDSM or sex is, you know, well, I literally give them a free worksheet, which I can send to you, which I think I actually did send to you like way back in hot March three, also known as August, um, <laughs> about like, well, what do you want? You know, what do you want to do? If you don't know what you want to do, you can't convey that to somebody else and then they can't rock your world. Um, so you got to know what you want so you can talk about it. It's, you know, it's that easy yes. or simple, but not. <laughs> I know. How, how do you figure out what you want? Fill out my worksheet. You know, really. It has, it has like a really <laughs> good jumping off. Yeah, the worksheet. No, it's really good. No, it's, it's, it's a, well, I made two now. So there's the concise kink worksheet um, that I made and it's, it's just one page and it goes through things like, how do you want to feel? Like, what names do you want to be called? Like, you know, do you want to be a princess or, you know, do you want to be humiliated? And, you know, what are things that you don't want to do? And, you know, what are potential sort of like safety concerns? And then I also made one so that's like for BDSM. And then I also made one for sex and I translated into that. And no one, very few people really think about this. Like definitely for BDSM because we're very practiced in saying, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want this? Do you not want that? Can I use this toy? Not that toy. Where on your body? What is your safe word? What are your limits? But no one really talks about that in sex. I mean, you don't have to, you can just like give me a wink, but like, if you said this ever in your sex life. It's like, okay, I want this for this long and then we can do that. You know, like people don't talk like this and trying to get people to talk more like this so you can have awesome times. I love uh, that. Plus I, like yeah. as, as an overachiever, really just, you know, like I've just always wished sex came with more homework. So that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More, gu more guidelines to be better. It's like, it's honestly good to get <laughs> feedback from both sides. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, now I know who's going to be filling out my worksheets. Then, you know. <laughs> there you go. After this I'm episode, printing it out right now. Did I do it right in the background? Did I? Yeah. Right. Did I get, oh. an, did I get an A? That's all I want to know. <laughs> oh, you two are so cute. If I had you in the dungeon, I know exactly what I would 
to you with you. I've got your numbers. Well, you don't get we haven't filled out the worksheets, Justine. That's what we're saying. Well, that's why you're in trouble. (laughs) Sometimes punishment is its own reward. Let me get that paddle. Yes. They're giggling. They're blushing, folks. Yeah, right? lots of blushing. Lots of They're blushing. They're excited. They're do the work. Dude, Ellie's gonna Justine Ellie's is gonna right have fun us. this week. I'll have to wait for the next party. You know, it's fine. No, I don't know. No, no, no. Don't think yeah, so. Well, how do you think you're gonna get to the strip club later tonight? Unless I get a fully filled out sheet from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it's now starting. They're, now they're giggling nervously. Already. Already. They're like, I'm excited, but I don't want to show it quite yet. It's, don't, just, it's okay. It's okay. We're all friends here. We're not. We will be later. You know. You did warn us. In our defense, you did warn us. We should know better. <laughs> did I warn you? What did I say? Um, all right. I'm like, what else? What else do we have to cover here? At least like get it together. Get it back to like, get Okay. Together. Bring it back to center. Okay. Bring it back. Okay. You're, I, I know. I know it's your podcast and we just flip the tables <laughs> a little bit, but I'll like, I'll step back. We'll, we'll give the power back to you. You are in control. We both know that you're, I'm, you're not now. No, I'm kidding. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're in charge. It is your podcast. It is less hangout. I'm very excited to hang out with, you know, lesbians it's, it's, or queers. By, by the end of the episode, it's Les Hangout, hosted by Justine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Welcome to <laughs> Miss Justine, Mistress Justine. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're organizing my closet, but you're not here, so you have to organize your closet. You're making your beds. I want to see it before you go out, you know. Indeed. Put out your favorite toys. I love it. I'm dead. <laughs> we want, we're done. We're gone. It's and that's done. the end of the episode, folks. Yeah. We're gonna take this off air. Whatever happened to them? I don't know. They just like became Justine submissives, and like we never. And then she had a. Po- I actually do want my own podcast, so maybe this all works out. Oh maybe my god, we'll set you plan. up. You know, wait, I, wait, wait. Would you do like a BDSM podcast? You know what I really want to do actually is I want to do an advice column style podcast. Um, but again, with you know, with my sass and you know with like the tenants of bdsm and things like that and it's you know it's something that's i I wanted to do for a really long time and i haven't you know i've been busy i've been running two dungeons you know so i'm like okay i've put one dungeon to rest it's time for something else and now you know i sort of have a really good space that's very quiet that i can do these things in and i actually have all the like recording equipment and stuff like that and you know my partner wants to help me do this so i'm like okay let's like start this and 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 get this going um I was actually working with someone last year and another lesbian actually. And then I don't know what happened. Well, I actually do know what happened, but you know, lesbians, they have girlfriends and sometimes girlfriends don't like me. I don't know. I'm highly likable, but anyway, so, you know, that's, that's how the fetish cookie crumbles sometimes. So, but yeah, actually I do really want to get on that. That is like my goal. Um, you know, how to move, uh, here and, and everything. So that is, uh, what I would definitely want to, I feel like I want to take like 50% of what you say this episode and just put it on t-shirts. Like that's... Oh, yeah. Really? That's what how the fetish cookie t-shirts? crumbles. Like that's how the fetish <laughs> cookie crumbles. And like there have been others. I'll get I'll get them on the listen through and we'll jot them down because they'd be great. If you do start your podcast and you need like some easy merch ideas, I think <laughs> we'll do have it. a lot to get you started. All right. We'll work on those t-shirts. I, you know, I, I really, I, I should be on some kind of t-shirt. You know, we all love cookies. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. We're going to take a quick break, hear from some sponsors, and we will be right back with some more with Justine just after this. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we've been talking a lot about, like, boundaries within BDSM and also sex. But what are some other lessons people can bring from their own BDSM play to just daily life? Yeah, um, well, I think also we we talked quite a bit about boundaries, but um, also just about consent, you know, so important, (laughs) Um, you know, because uh, when we're talking about consent, you know, well, first, let's just say, you know, consent must be enthusiastically given. It can be withdrawn at any time. Um, And also, if someone gives consent once, this does not mean they've given consent forever. Um, And I think this is something that, again, we're just not in the practice of doing this very often. So um, a matter of just asking people for, uh, you know, consent to do something. And, you know, a a common example I give is, well, is it, well, in the pre-COVID times, um, is it okay? But even now, is it okay to hug you? You know, we always see like the hugger and they're like, I'm a hugger. And they like come towards you and you're like, oh, Jesus, Mary, God, you know, and they're like putting their arms around you and you're wrapped in this like arm bondage and you're like, ugh. And so you have to consent to be hugged. You know, you have to consent to be fucked. Um, but, but this is something that we need to adopt more in the, in the general terms, um, you know, making sure that we are getting people's consent to do things, um, whether it's someone we've just met or, you know, even uh, with my partner who I've been with for many years, we still ask each other for consent to do things, you know, to make sure that we're all on the same page about everything. Well, and yeah. that's great because we just did, um, so we do a, a segment called should have been gay every other week on the show where we talk about like movies and shows or like pairings or whatever that um, should have been gay even if they weren't. And we just did uh, an episode. Well, just we did an episode back Mm -hmm. for Halloween Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and we did the Adams family and we were talking about how uh, Gomez and Morticia are like a perfect example of like how hot enthusiastic consent can be and Mm -hmm. like repeated consent and things. Um, So, you know, we are always pro Hot, hot, enthusiastic consent is is always great. Yes. There should be more of it. I love the, like, consent for one time isn't forever as well. Because I think mm-hmm. in relationships, a lot of the time, in our intimate relationships, like, it's like, oh, well, we're in a relationship, therefore these are the things you always get to do with your partner. And it's like, no, actually, sometimes maybe you don't feel like it. And that's okay. Yeah, that's huge. And and I think I I think every state um, has turned this over, but it was actually legal for men to rape their wives up until fairly recently. I mean, talk about a huge consent violation. Like just because you're married, you would be able to do this thing to someone, um, and that's awful. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, again, you're in a relationship, you don't have to like have sex with someone or kiss them or do these things or make dinner, whatever the hell, you know, um, these things are happening. So it's quite important. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It's also something that we like, I feel like we, uh, my wife and I, because we've both been pregnant and given birth, like in the past, uh, you know, like two and a half years, Um, And so we've joined a lot more forums or like online communities, like specifically for parents. Um, And that's been like an eye opening experience for (laughs) us, too, Um, because, you know, you are like you are. Well, so some of them are, but a lot of them are not specifically only queer parents. And that's what's been really interesting, because it's a whole new world where you're like, oh, we are an entirely different minority here. And that's where you start to see like a lot of those things, too, where I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, this would never have occurred to me to like be a problem. But like, you'll literally see women, you know, being like, hey, like, what do you do to try to like be more comfortable if like I gave birth like five weeks ago and my husband really wants to, you know, like get back in the sack and but like everything still hurts. And you're like, 
don't uh, <laughs> what <laughs> like why how is this a discussion you know and i think um mm. it just it like highlights certain other things about the importance of having discussions about boundaries and having consent and and even just like the simple things that we were kind of hitting on already about like you know what do you enjoy what does feel good because like not only can you just not be in the mood for something you know like this week like you were just saying ellie but it's also like sometimes like your body changes what feels good might change something that you used to enjoy maybe you don't anymore like mm -hmm. something new feels different and except like it mm -hmm. it just doesn't leave any room for growth or change or learning or adapting or or evolving in any way which is um you know i think something to really strive for <laughs> i guess definitely i you know i just was reading a, a question from someone in an advice column and um the woman said how she had been married for five years and she never once talked to her partner about sex but they had it like it wasn't like an asexual relationship and i was stunned by that and i can't yeah. imagine like i don't think i can come up with a single friend who like i haven't talked to about sex you know like i've talked to like my neighbor like more about sex and like this woman has <laughs> talked about you know and it, it's just you know we need to talk the about, mailman comes by i know <laughs> he's like how's it going i'm like i've had a great sex you know not like that but you know or or i've had sex with actually a lot of my friends like you know but not like in a it's weird like not in, like in a, it's like you know you know, it's like, oh, I fisted a lot of my friends, but that was just like being a good friend. You know, that wasn't like really sex. It was just like, it was her birthday. It was, you know, literally it was, but like these kinds of things, you know, this was not, uh, you know, it doesn't, ah, I was a good friend. So, um, but I just have this like one quick thing to say about, uh, parenting and queer stuff. I saw a person post that they were, they had a child and they used FTM. And I said, Oh, wow, they, they are, their picture doesn't match up with what I would think an FTM person is. And I said, Oh, okay, interesting. Wow, really progressive. Cool. And then I realized it was full time mom, not female to male. And I was like, Oh my God, I immediately had to go on my Facebook and alert all my friends. I was like, Look, everyone, I have an important announcement. If you see this out there in the world, it may not mean what we in our queer yes, times all know it is. There, are, is. there so, are differences in the acronyms. Yeah, for sure. have you? Is that have a, has that happened? In oh your, yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, yes. Was it confusing? Were you like, whoa, wait, hold on? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, and and because the thing that I think is funny too is like parenting spaces. They use so many acronyms that are already in use other places. Oh, you know, that's so it's like one. there's um they BDSM. do like deep, yeah <laughs> yeah right I'll, I'll, if I see acronym? it come up I will let you know oh, no God. the other one that I know like jumped out at me the first time I saw it um was like DD like I was out with DD and they use so they'll do DD and DS to refer to their kids a lot so it's like dear daughter like my dear daughter and dear son oh, I do not know why they literally Where will not type, yeah, <laughs> type daughter they'll write that and so I'm like you're out with a designated driver for for what purpose like with your with your kids i don't understand were you drunk like what was That's happening weird. and it was very confusing like the first couple times i ran into it but yeah they have like their own they have their own language yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. but it is like you have to learn a different language for whatever space you're in mm -hmm. to be able to communicate yes there Crazy is that though. so weird but i don't like, like it the one with like ftm it's like why is like stay at home mom no longer that doesn't work because that sounds well, like well there is stay at home bad. mom they yeah. will say like s-a-h-m yeah. is a stay at home mom right. and i've also seen ftm used for like first time moms yeah as well. okay i've seen that so too I've seen actually it i think both. it was a i think it was for first time mom that's what it was yeah, yeah but there's same, like first so, yeah. so it'll be like you know oh like it this it's my first mm -hmm. kid so it's mm -hmm. not you know i'm not like six kids in and i know mm -hmm. everything it's yeah. like but yeah they do they have like very like very specific that community use of acronyms that mm -hmm. like don't exist anywhere else in the general world so do they listen to your podcast are they going to know we're making fun of them because i don't want to hurt I, probably not. I doubt it <laughs> <laughs> those specific moms probably not those other probably moms don't. yes but, but, it, but it is very funny like FTMs. comparing yeah, yeah, yeah. the types of posts that you see on like the parenting boards that we're on that are primarily straight spaces versus like some of the queer parenting boards that i'm on like it they're ve they're very different um types of conversations that would come up i think around these issues mm. especially it's interesting to watch the difference sometimes damn love me some <laughs> queer parents 
<laughs> Not like queer parents don't run into their own parenting and relationship issues as well. It is just they, you know, I think, again, what we were saying, like, I think the fact that there is kind of more over overlap and more awareness um, in in the types of people that are in, like, kink communities and in the queer communities, I just, I think that, yeah, like, we tend to have a more broader understanding of consent and setting boundaries and and things like that then then i guess some straight couples do yeah, <laughs> let's go I, with that I, <laughs> that's I, a pc way to say that yeah i would think so it's like you know the the jokes uh that i've seen running like throughout uh quarantine is that like there's a lot of couples like uh you know breaking up and divorce lawyers are like they're like hot hot you know they're doing so much and and like lesbians are just like oh cool so we just like are sitting on our couch again and like watching you know whatever and, like <laughs> with sweatpants and we're having a ball that's like same as we always do but it's like i think that and it's certainly yeah there there are not good queer gay relationships and, and abusive ones and such like that but it's like i think that because we have to well, the one there's like a smaller pool, but it's like, so everyone knows each other, you know, but it's like, we're, we have to fight so much harder for our relationships and we have to choose again and again to like come out. I mean, I'm, I present very femme, like, you know, people are you know, confused, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, I'm gay. I'm here. Check this. Well, I can't even see because like my fingernails are so long right now, <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> the normally just stubs right here. But anyway, um, you know, we have to choose every day to come out, to be in our relationships. And, and certainly in the last four years of this administration, I've been much more scared than I've ever, ever been before. Um, you know, and, uh, I feel like many, uh, straight relationships, they're just, you just like fall into it and you're just like in this escalator and you go up and you're just get together. And it's just like weird, this like arrangement and, and things. And it's not, I don't, I don't hear the same thing from, from queer relationships. I don't hear like, we were high school sweethearts and we've been together for 40 years. Like, I don't hear that. Although I know a couple, I know like one couple that was like college sweethearts, you know, and that kind of thing. You don't, I just don't hear that the same way as much. And you just get stuck with someone and, and then you, you, you get pregnant and you get stuck with them a lot more. And, you know, these things we're choosing, <laughs> you're choosing to become pregnant in a very different way than um, a heterosexual couple is choosing to be pregnant and, and be together. Yes. As we said, uh, it was not an accident. <laughs> yeah, no, it was no. <laughs> Neither of them were accidents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Just tripped and fell the wrong way. Yeah, right. It just happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you think that our listeners should know about the BDSM community? Uh, well, it is it is really fun. It is a really wonderful group of people. I think you can find out so much about yourself and there's just so much to do. We didn't really talk too much about the different things just within BDSM, but you know, you're probably already doing some form of BDSM, you know, uh, role play, tying up any of these kinds of things. You can go pretty light, like pretty heavy. There's a full range and you can really meet your people online. And, and certainly this is a really great time to explore that uh, really safely, you know, through different like, you know, reading and groups and, and virtual meetups. I definitely do not endorse getting together um, in groups together inside until there's, you know, a, a cure, you know, a vaccine, definitely not. Um, so really explore virtually. Um, it's a really wonderful time to do that. So because yeah. what else do we all have to do right now? Right? I know. Explore. Yeah, well, I gotta get a hobby. You know, that's on my board to do <laughs> my, my to do list. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Does that mean it's time? I Ellie? think it's time. It's time for our Q and gay. Q, 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 Q and, 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 and gay. So question number one, easy. Have you ever tried BDSM or kink play? Yes or no? Oh, am I answering too? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes. No, the answer is pretty obvious. But. Okay, yes. I'm like, okay, it was too fast for me. I don't know. <laughs> Just think about it. Just, you know, re recollect. Uh, you know. Uh, we lost you to a memory somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, I know. I'm like, God, when, when was my first? You know, I've always wanted, actually, you know, I did a role play once where this was, I guess I can say this now. It's like where I pretended to be the vanilla girlfriend of a dom and we had to like turn the lights down low and I was wearing glasses and I'm like, I wonder if they believed me. Like, I was so innocent, <laughs> like, you know, like pretending to 
be a virgin at a prison rodeo, you know? Just try um, saying, oh my word, a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of really shocked and bored and, you know. I love it. I should have just left. That would have been, you know, I was too interested. It was like, Just you know, scream and run out. I know, right? I was too professional. I was like, I should be getting paid more for this. Wait Commit a minute, who role. are you? Nobody? You know, so anyway. <laughs> yes. Question two, are you more of a dom or more of a sub? Wait, you're not going to answer the questions too? Just oh, they're you. just for you. Oh, just for, oh, I see how this is. Okay, wait. Well, why do you we have all the power know, here, Justine? We have the power. I know the answers. Okay, wait. I'm sorry. Say the question again. We'll answer. You. We'll answer them for you after. Okay. Also, right. okay. Okay. fair enough. Fair we enough. should say yeah. dom sub or switch as well. Yeah, oh, right. That's true. Yes, it definitely dom dom all the way. Dom to the top. All right. Our next question. What has the worst portrayal of BDSM? A. Eurotrip. B. Fifty Shades of Grey. C. Secretary. Or D. The Piano Teacher. I have not seen Eurotrip, um, but I'm going to go with the, the other ones I have seen. So I will say Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, definitely the entire book series, which was, you know, fanfic for uh, Twilight. So, you know. Sure, a lot of lesbians are familiar with that shit. Yeah, um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, I have to say though, the second movie of Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades Darker, was actually pretty good in terms of their portrayal of BDSM and consent um, and boundaries, um, and it was actually pretty hot. So I enjoyed it. Good to no. know. That's yeah, good. and Secretary well, is great. Um, and uh, Piano Teacher, ooh, that's a fucking dirty one. You dirty, dirty. I know, Lee, have you seen those movies or you just looked up BDSM movies? <laughs> I've seen, here's the one I have seen, is Eurotrip, and it's a terrible, terrible movie that I am sure has only aged even more uh, terribly in hindsight, because I, I don't think I've seen it since I was in high school, but it does feature a really great over-the-top uh, dominatrix scene with Lucy Lawless, so there is that. Oh, why have I so not seen that? So maybe just that scene we could watch. Just oh. it, worth checking out, that's all yeah. I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, you know, in American Pie, I forget which one, I think the second one where they're having a bachelor party and all the strippers are coming in and one of them is the dominatrix and she's saying like, I'm going to beat you or something. And the guy says, oh, is it okay if I just watch? And she breaks character and she says, oh yeah, it's okay. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And then the, what is it? Stifler comes over and he's like, don't ever break character again. You know, so <laughs> that was a good little tidbit. They were such yeah. sweet, funny movies, like really good. So oh. I like that. We're also mm-hmm. going to have to watch The Piano Teacher. That one's good. Parody. It's dirty. It's really fucked up and weird. The book is also excellent. Really wonderful writer. See, we're learning so much. This is why. I, know. <laughs> I am, you know, cornucopia of the kink information. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. How would you describe yourself? A, playful. B, obedient. C, demanding. <laughs> or D, thoughtful. I like the laughter immediately <laughs> after that. <laughs> um, A and C. I am playful and demanding. <laughs> I, you know, I always tell, I tell my partner, I'm, I'm not needy. I'm just demanding as fuck. So there you, but, go. you know, sh- there you go. Language matters. All right. Question number five, pick a safe word. A cantaloupe, B Justin Bieber, C Oklahoma or D Donald Trump. Oh God. <laughs> I know. Bad. Um, Oklahoma. You know, that actually was someone's safe word with me. I'll just find the clip and I'll send it to you. It was quite, it was Amazing. very funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you can also give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Justine, thank you so much for making us blush this entire episode. <laughs> um, where well, can our listeners find you on social media? I hope I did more than just make you blush. Yes, but, and um, educate yes. us. <laughs> give you but ideas the, for what to do The blushing will stay. Yes. I, oh, yeah, I'm yes. so excited for that. Um, yeah, well, where you can find me is, so my main website is Los Angeles Dominatrix. Dot com. You can find me on Twitter as Justine Plays. You can also find me on Instagram as The Justine Cross. And, you know, also on TikTok as The Justine Cross. Yeah, by the time this comes out, you got, we'll have you, uh, we'll have built up that TikTok presence. So, yeah. All right, you can help me out. <laughs> Anything coming up that you want to let people know about? Yes. Um, well, we're going to be continuing to do online classes. So you can always follow that. Um, you can always find that by going to Los Angeles BDSM events.com. Um, however, on all of my Instagrams, if you just go to click tickets 
or get tickets rather. Um, everything is connected through Eventbrite. I offer a sliding scale for everyone. So it's really accessible for everyone to come. And again, it is going to be virtual until further notice. So whatever is happening in January, I think that's what we're going to be doing like the sex BDSM class and things like that. But if there's any past classes you want, there's also recordings uh, for those available as well. We will also be doing a joint Instagram live with Justine. So check out our Instagram. We'll be hanging out, asking more questions and answering any of your questions as listeners. Justine, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been a highlight of my evening. Let me hear you say hip, 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 We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just like to take some time every episode to shout out some of our favorite things that we've heard from our listeners lately. And this week, we'd like to shout out first someone who messaged us on Instagram. So to our listener, Eve, who sent us this really sweet message to both Ellie and I about how much the podcast has meant and um, and helping to be comfortable with, you know, their own queerness and everything. Um, It was just it was really touching. It was like right before Christmas. It was a wonderful, wonderful Christmas present. So thank you so much, Eve, for reaching out to us. Love it. And we also want to shout out Sophie, who sent us a beautiful email as well. I think they were about three episodes in and they said they're never going to stop listening. So I love that. You got a ways to go, Sophie. We believe in you. Yes. We cannot wait for you to actually finally get to this episode (laughs) (laughs) where we shout you out. Um, But she was so sweet and we just wanted to give you a shout out. So This one's for you, Sophie. We also want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Danny Griswold, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, and Tara Gleason. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, Wendy K. Bartlett, and Evelyn Smith. Thank you all so much. It means the world to us that you support us. We love you so much. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. You can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Maybe you'll get featured in one of our hip hip we're gays. Or you can check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. We also still have videos going up on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that at youtube.com slash lesshangoutpod to catch those. If you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes. We love reading what you have to say, and it helps other people find the show. If you want to support us financially, you can head over to our Patreon. It's at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have a ton of fun perks, like watch parties. We have our next watch party coming up, like we mentioned at the top of the episode. We're going to be watching a couple episodes of Teenage Bounty Hunters together. We have a Discord chat that we just love getting to hang out and keep in touch with everybody. And it's a lot of fun. So head to bit.ly slash lespatreon. We also, for the very first time this year, are offering annual memberships. So you can get 16% off the entire year if you do it all at once. I know we have a lot of patrons who have been here for many years already. Thank you so much for being here all the time. So we wanted to help you out with a discount on your membership. And for new members, it's a great way to join in the new year, have an entire year of Let's Hangout Patreon, Discord chats, and all kinds of stuff for 2021. Because what better way to celebrate this new year, then hanging out with us more. If you want to get our merch, you can get it at bit.ly slash shop. We have all kinds of t-shirts, tote bags, tanks, mugs, all kinds of gay merch to show off your gay pride. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out out